you're crooked. <laughs> Good evening. Thank you. Uh, thanks for coming back tonight. <clears throat> this is our second of our third night mission, three night mission. And I'd like to begin, it's always good to begin with the name of God. You know, I don't care what you're doing. So we're going to call on his name, and this is one of the most beautiful psalms, I think, and I'd like to begin tonight with it. It's Psalm 100. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing for joy. Know that he, the Lord, is God. He made us. We belong to him. We are his people, the flock that he shepherds. Amen. Amen. It goes on from there, but uh, we don't have time. We don't have time for that, Lord. We, we got to get to other things, okay? But it's such a beautiful psalm. Good way to begin. Um, I got to say up front, I'm a little under the weather tonight. Thank you, God. Two reasons. One, the Cubs are losing. And number two, last night, somewhere along the line, I got a cold. I don't know if I was feeling fine. All of a sudden, I woke up this morning, got this thing happening. So if my voice gets a little weird, just bear with me. We'll get through it. Okay, so let me start. I want to tell you about this lady, old lady. It's always old ladies. Old lady came to Mass one Sunday, early morning Mass. The usher greeted her and said, where would you like to sit, ma'am? And she said, oh, I want to sit all the way up in the front, please. And he says, oh, no, no, not at this Mass, ma'am. The pastor has the Mass this morning, and he's so boring. You'll fall asleep up front. And she stepped back, and she said, sir... Do you know who I am? He said, no, I don't. She said, I'm the pastor's mother. (laughs) And he said, well, ma'am, do you know who I am? She said, no. He said, good. (laughs) Good thing. Okay, folks, oh, someone said I almost went over last night. So tonight... I got my clock right here. Not that it'll do any good, but anyway. So last night, just for a recap, we started our mission, three-night mission last night, talking about what it is that we desire most. And I asked you, and you said, which is why you're here, what you desire most at the deepest part of your heart is to be with the Lord to feel, to know the Lord more deeply in your life. That's a good thing to desire. So this mission, we started, how do we achieve that? So we hit this from the Gospel of Luke, which gives us the very center of the theme of the three days together. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to Jesus and said, Teacher, what must I do 
to inherit eternal life. See, at the deepest part of his heart, he wanted the same thing you and I do, that fullness of the love of God, eternal life. And Jesus answered, what is written? And he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And Jesus answered, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. Truly live. So then we said, well, if that's true, how do I love the Lord my God with everything I am? And that's what we're going to start tonight, the practical piece We got the sunflower as the image last night, tonight, and tomorrow night. It's the center image, I think, of the spiritual life. Again, last night said that the sunflower, every sunflower, clouds or no clouds, every day for its whole life starts facing east and is always turning itself to the sun. It is always taking in as much as it can the sun. And in return for the flower giving its whole self to the sun, the sun blesses it with beauty. It becomes, we call it, the very thing it's pointed to, the sun flower. Now, imagine if our lives were always turned to the Son of God, to Jesus, imagine how beautiful we would become. So I have these all over my room because they remind me in a visual way my life needs to be directed to what's most important. And that leads us to the theme of the mission, which is, say it along with me, The main thing, to keep the main thing, the main thing. And what is the main thing? I have no idea what you said, but (laughs) if you said Jesus, you answered correctly. He's the main thing. So it's easy to get confused with what's most important. Now, the flower, it knows it. Even when there's clouds and it's dark, they know where the sun is and they're still following it. And all that clouds, all that stuff that blocks the sun in our lives, Jesus in our lives, what is all that stuff? We got to name it so that we can move it. Sin, that's part of it. We're getting there tomorrow night. Okay, So you're on top of things. That's good. Slipper five bucks. Okay, so (laughs) the main thing. So how do we do that? We have these externals in our life. Sometimes we misplace for what's the main thing. You know, we heard it in the gospel on the weekend. It's easy to do. You know, the main thing in our life as Christians is not going to Mass every Sunday. The main thing in our life as Christians is not saying your prayers every day before meals. The main thing is not not eating meat on Friday during Lent. 
The main thing is not, none of that's the main thing. The main thing is Jesus. He is all that matters. And if we're truly turned to him, all these other things will give way to him. We don't have to worry about any of that if we're facing him. So tonight, we ask, how? How do we do that? Here's the truth that the sunflower teaches us. Whatever you're turned towards in your life, you're going to move toward. Whatever you're turned to in your life, you're going to move to in your life. So if you're turned here, you're not going to move over there. You're going to move there. That's where you're going because that's where you're facing. Let me tell you a weird way of me knowing that. Anybody eat Kit Kat bars? Yeah, okay. Me too. I love Kit. That's my favorite candy bar. Now, I rarely eat them because, you know, they're not good for you, yada, yada, yada. But once in a while, like maybe twice a year, I treat myself. So I am delighted that now, like most things, they come in the king size. <laughs> Because now I can still eat just one, but it's a really big one. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, I just have a soda. You know, the mega... <laughs> anyway, so there I was at an airport. This is a while back this year. And I'm kind of hanging out, looking at uh, magazines and stuff like that, when I see this big display of candy and the giant Kit Kat, bo- not the giant, the regular size one actually, were right there in front of me. Now, I wasn't thinking Kit Kat, none of that. I go in there. I go in to get the magazine and it's like, oh, and I see Kit Kat bars. Okay, well, anyway. So I'm getting the magazine, I'm looking, but I'm thinking Kit Kat. No, I can't, you know, and I'm like, well, six dollars, that's not bad. (laughs) You know, six bucks and da da da. So, anyway, after about like 10 minutes of kind of thinking about it, you know, and stuff, I was like, well, I haven't had one. I'm going to do it. This will be my one of two times this year. So, I get the Kit Kat bar. Now, I'm going to save it, right, for the plane ride. You know, you got to savor it. So I go to the, I had all my bags and computer bag and stuff. I go to the gate and had some time. So I plop down on a chair and there's this guy, there's, you know, the benches and then there's a little table and then a little chair there. And there's a guy sitting there, probably about 28, 29 years old. I sit down. We're like, hey, hey, what's going on? So I put all my stuff down, put the candy bar and all that. And the guy goes, oh, Kit Kat, I love Kit Kats. And I was like, I know. So we started this conversation. Yeah, they're not good for you. I don't eat them either. But once in a while, yada, yada. So all of a sudden, we hear the thing about, you know, okay, it's about time. So I start packing some of my stuff, as does he. And I was like, hey, I got to hit the restroom. Would you mind just kind of watching my stuff? And he's like, yeah, sure, no worries. So I run to the bathroom. I come back. They're already going into the airplane, and he's not there. And I'm like, you know, my stuff is there, my computer and all that. But he's in line, and he is watching. You know, he's, he's kind of looking, and then he sees me, and like, oh, okay, perfect, thank you. 
So I run because I'm, I'm throwing all my stuff in. I head. And no Kit Kat bar. I was like, I know it. I, and then my heart started going, you know, it's like I don't have time to get another one. And that's all I'm thinking about. And I'm thinking, he, he, who, who takes someone's Kit Kat bar? Right? I mean, you don't do that. That's rude. <clears throat> and so I just kind of look at him like this. He looks back and heads onto the plane. I was so upset, you know. Now, part of the story is just really, you get upset over a Kit Kat bar, let it go. But that's part of my downfall, you know. But I couldn't let it go. It just kind of built. You know how that happens? The little small things, and then it builds and expands and it expands. I get onto the plane, and now I'm just fuming. You know, I'm tasting chocolate, <laughs> and there is no chocolate. So I walk, and he's sitting on an aisle. I'm not next to him. I'm just one down below. But I pass him, and I pause, and I look at him, and I turned into my mother, right? <laughs> I just looked at him and go, <laughs> like I'm so disappointed in you. <laughs> I thought it would make me feel good, but it didn't. Right? I sit down in the aisle, blah, blah, blah. The plane goes off, and I'm just looking at him from behind. I'm getting upset. I should say something, let it go, when he takes out a Kit Kat bar. I can see him. Opens it, eats a, breaks a plank, eats it, breaks another, and then here's what he does. I said, no, thank you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Finally, it was just like, God, this is just too bad. Anyway, let it go. I was like, let me do some work and get my mind off it. I go up. I get my computer bag out and all that. <laughs> my Kit Kat bar slid out. I shoved it in my computer bag, I guess, in the flurry, not even realizing it before the bathroom. It just hit the floor with a thud. My face turns red. The guy just looks back. And then he turned into my mother. You know, it's like, oh my gosh. Oh, it was just horrible. I felt so badly. But, you know, it's a long way and an embarrassing way of saying just what this represents and what that represents. That whatever we're turned towards in our life, good or bad, that's where we're going. What started out as, did he take my Kit Kat bar? Turned into, he's a thief, he stole my candy bar. Why? Because I let it sit there, you know, and the more it sat, the more I gave it attention, the bigger it became. What would happen if all we did was think about Jesus? You know, you have these, if you go over to Europe and places, 
you know, these monks that build these beautiful places, sanctuaries, where that's all they did. They removed themselves from society, built these monasteries way up in the mountains. Nothing could touch them so that that's all they could do is just focus their whole life, turn everything to the Lord. Now, I couldn't do that. That's not my charism. That's not my gift. But imagine in our lives if we could. Prayer, prayer is that beautiful gift that we've been given in order to begin to open our spirit to Jesus. How do we turn, how do we think about the Lord so that he can expand and become more the main thing? Prayer is number one. This is a great gospel. It's from the seventh chapter of Matthew. Jesus says, Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? And in your name have we not cast out devils? And in your name have we not done many wonderful works? And then I will profess unto them, but I never knew you. But I never knew you. I mean, if you think about that, it's kind of chilling. Lord, have I not done so many good things in your name? Have I not sacrificed all of this time in my life feeding the poor and doing all this good work in your name? And the Lord says, all I want from you is your heart. That's all. I don't know who you are. Prayer is that beautiful power in our life that opens our heart to Jesus because that is all Jesus wants from you. Are good works important to receiving the gift of eternal life? Yes, absolutely important, but you don't start there. If you're in love with the Lord and he is the main thing in your life, then good works will have to come. Don't worry about it. Don't start there. You start here. And prayer is that which will move us in that direction. I never knew you. I think... Many of us, most of us in this church love Jesus, but that's not what he wants. He wants you to be in love with him as much as he is in love with you. And what do people in love do? Well, one of the things people in love do is they're always thinking about one another. Right? Remember the first time you were in love, or maybe you are now. What a beautiful thing. You know, it's like everything in your life is just elevated. It's beautiful because everything reminds you of your beloved. My nephew, Michael, 
my other nephew, not the bike one, the other one. <laughs> Michael, he's in college too down in uh, Alabama. And Michael is in love. Now he's a great kid and a nice looking kid. But he's really, really shy. Always has been until this year, right? He is his second year, I guess, in college. And he just opened up and now he's got his first girlfriend. And I was talking to him on the phone the other night, and he is in love, right? Oh, my gosh. Her name is Renita. What a weird... I said, that's a dog's name. No, I, I, I just... I go, what a weird name. You know, just digging him, you know, a little bit. And he goes, oh, no, Uncle Ron, it's a beautiful name. Uh, you know... So he's telling me all about Renita this, Renita that. We went, oh, and oh, Uncle Ron, oh my gosh, Renita loves sushi. Oh my gosh, okay, you know. And, uh, so I thought, okay, this is just, I just want to shove my head in the oven, you know. So I thought, okay, let me distract him. Let's get to something that's not about Renita. So I was like, well, hey, listen, you know, I was in Kentucky last week on a mission. And I went to Mammoth Cave National. Oh, my gosh, Uncle Ron. I mean, yeah, Uncle Ron. Renita's uncle is from Kentucky. <laughs> oh, my, really? So I thought, okay, find something that there is no way he'll be able to associate with Renita. So I said, you know, what do you think of Donald Trump? <laughs> you know. Well, I think I said, what do you think of the, the election and Donald Trump? And that's what he said to me. He goes, oh my gosh, we just saw the movie Psycho. <laughs> my guess is Hillary's getting a vote, you know, from Michael. But oh my gosh, you know, it just went on and on. Finally, I just hung up on him because it was too much. You know, he's, oh, he's taken by her. He wakes up, he thinks of her, he goes to bed, he thinks of her. Everything he eats and sees and tastes reminds him of her. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But, you know, again, put that in the context of our lives as Christians. Imagine what that would be like if we were that in love with the Lord. You know? If we went to bed thinking of him, woke up thinking of him, everything in your day turned you to him. Oh my gosh, what your life, what your families, your schools, your work would look like. That's where we're going. And prayer is that peace that can move us in that direction. Not just to love the Lord, but to be in love with him. And the more you make that commitment in your life to Jesus in prayer, the more there is a return of beauty that comes upon you. Absolutely. The more you are turned to Jesus, the more you give him the good, the bad, the angry, the lovely, everything to him, the more the Lord puts blessing back into you. You become literally more beautiful, more peaceful. Isn't that what all we see in the scriptures? 
Anyone who turned themselves to the Lord, which is what prayer is, turning yourself to the Lord, their lives were changed, became magnificent, beautiful. Bartimaeus, the blind guy, he comes to Jesus, fights his way through the crowd because he knew he couldn't even see him. But he used his other senses to hone in, to move his life to the Lord because he knew if I can get to him, if he can touch my life, I know things will be different. And that's exactly what happened. The woman at the well didn't even know it was Jesus. But the more they sat in conversation at the well, again, she didn't know who he was. But she just slowly opened her life and her struggles and her pain and her brokenness. And in the midst of that conversation of prayer, her life was blessed. She jumps off the well, it says, filled with living water, filled with joy for the very first time in her life. Oh, you know, the stories go, the lepers who come to Jesus filled with disease and sores, they come to him, turn to him, and what do they get? Blessing. This is what, I love this piece of scripture. It's one sentence, but it's so powerful. One day, this is in Luke 11, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. And in Scripture, Jesus is always getting away to pray. You know? You notice that? It all, it's always saying, um, Jesus got into the boat and he went to the other side. He got away from the activity of his life just for a little bit so that he could just quiet his spirit and open himself to his father. He needed that. He knew it. Or it says, Jesus went up onto the mountain to pray. Again, took himself up and out of the routine of his life, a certain place, so that he could be open and connect. Went out into the desert. He was always finding places to be in conversation with his father. He knew how important it was. So this one time, it says, um, one day he was praying. When he had finished, he came back, and one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray. And I think it's a beautiful proclamation of all the things the disciples could have asked Jesus for. Lord, Teach us how to make dead people alive. That is so awesome. I want to be able to do that. You know, Lord, teach us how we can walk on water like that. That is so cool. None of that. The only thing they ever asked of Jesus, teach us how to do that, that praying, because they saw when Jesus came out of prayer, he was beautiful. You know, he was radiant. There was a peacefulness about him, a joyfulness about him. And they wanted that. We all do. 
how do I get that? Teach me how to pray. Well, we're going to end this piece tonight praying. It's really kind of easy. And it says it right here in the psalm. Psalm 46 tells us how to do this. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Prayer is finding a place of quiet so that you can be in the very presence of the Lord. If you rearrange the word listen, you get silent. You ever notice that? Listen, rearrange those silent. We can't listen without the silence. And that's what prayer is, to find a place. So what I would like to do is offer you three things, tips, if you will, because they've really affected my own spiritual life, and I want to pass it on as a suggestion to you. Okay, three tips. How do we always think about the Lord? How can he expand? First, find a place. Okay, if you don't already, find a place in the routine of your life, wherever it is, your house, your apartment, whatever it is, a corner. I have a small room where I live, you know, in the house, and, but I have a little corner. It's right by the window, and there it's probably like this big. And I have a little table. I have a statue of the Lord. Then I have a picture of my grandma, a picture of my dad, who are up there, you know, drinking margaritas, um, you know, and so I have them. Then I have a candle, and that's where I go. That's my chapel in my room. And it really does, now at least it has for me, it really helps because if there's not a place to go to, you won't go anywhere. You know, you just won't do it. So if you have that kind of, then that's where you go. So find a place and make it your chapel, whatever it is, if it's a flower, if it's a picture, something that visually reminds you, this is my place. So, you know, actually the two best places for prayer that I've seen, casinos and airplanes. That's where you see people praying the most, right? (laughs) I see them in casinos because my mom likes to go to the casinos. And so I'll go with her every now and again, and that's what you see on these slot machines and stuff. You'll see, I saw one lady, she was there, she was cigarette... She was playing the slot, and on top, she had every religious figure you can figure out. You know, she had a cross, she had the Blessed Mother, there was the Buddha, there, you know, all. Or airplanes, same way, you get a little turbulence, man, you see crosses flying. So short of those two places, though, find yourself a corner where you can call your place to be with the Lord. Second thing of the three tips, figure out how much time you're going to be in your little chapel. Commit to that. Make a commitment to the Lord, whatever it is. If it's five minutes, that's wonderful. If it's 30, what I do, I at least do 30 minutes. And, th- and this has been so beautiful in my life is I finally figured out I never get to it if I don't make the time somewhere. And there's no time. 
So what I've been doing is waking up 45 minutes before I need to wake up to do what I need to do to get to where I need to go. So if I have to wake up at 5 to make coffee, to take a shower, to get to the thing, then I wake up at 4, 4.15. Whatever it is. But I always do it, no matter what. Even if I have an early, early plane at like 4.30, I have to wake up at 2. That's what I do. Absolutely, there's no... Wake up. Make myself a good cup of coffee. And then I go to my little corner. I got my Bible. And I just sit on my floor. And then... Here's the third piece, is I give half the time to silence. I give half whatever, however long you're going to make the commitment to him. Half of that commitment has to be silent. Just nothing. So if you read the Bible, the first part, that's wonderful. Spiritual reading book, whatever. music. Sometimes I'll play music just, you know, to get me... And then the last part, this is for you, Lord. This is for you. Find yourself a place. Make the commitment of time. And keep it. Same time every day. And then finally, may I offer you this. As we say, whatever you're turned towards, whatever you're thinking about in your life will expand in your life. So prayer as an image is like a marinade, like a good marinade, like a meat for a meat or vegetables. You know, so you mix it. My favorite is a Filipino one. It's an adobo. And it's, you know, soy sauce and it's garlic and it's vinegar and it's all this yummy, yummy stuff. You mix it up and then you put the pork or the chicken, whatever it is, the piece of meat, and you just rest it into this pool of marinade. Then you zip it up and you put it in the fridge. 24 hours. You got to let it sit, though. Let it sit. Whatever marinade, it doesn't matter. It's the same process. You let it sit. And what happens? Slowly, magically, in the fridge, the meat starts to slowly take on and absorb all the juices that surround it. Right? Now, if you leave it in there 10 minutes... And pull it out, ain't nothing going to happen. you got to let it sit. Let it sit. And not only does it then, the more it sits into the pool of marinade, it takes on the marinade. But the most beautiful thing is that it breaks down the fibers, the toughness of the meat. It's one of the main reasons to marinate. you got a tough piece of meat, put it in there, and the vinegar, the lemon, whatever it is, starts to break down all that toughness. So that when you finally take it out the next day and grill it, not only is it delicious and beautiful in taste, but it's tender. It's wonderful. That's what I think prayer. That's what that corner is in your room. You just sit there like that meat and you just bathe in the Lord. Just sit there. You don't have to do anything. Just sit. You know, there's that beautiful gospel of Martha and Mary. You know, where Martha's cooking, she's doing all the activity and stuff, and Mary just goes and just marinates at the feet of Jesus. She just, it doesn't say anything. She just rests there. She just wants to smell him and hold him and feel him. Because she knows 
The more that that happens, the more he will come within me. And that's beautiful. So my friends, please make that commitment. You want Jesus the main thing in your life, then give him time to let him expand. Whatever it is. Now, finally, I'll offer you this. I love this thing. It's, called, it's an app. So if you have a, either an iPhone or a other one, the Android thing, it's on both of the platforms. We just got it done about a month ago. But I've been doing it for almost a year. What it's called, it's called God Moments. No, God Moment. Okay, it's not plural. What it is, is it's so simple, but it's so profound. You put in the parameters of the hours during the day that you want to be reminded of the Lord. So I start at 8 o'clock, and I go to 8 o'clock. You hit update. Then you just choose the sound you want, and I just put church sounds, bells, you know, like uh, church sounds. So there's like seven or eight you can choose from because people like to do that. So you just choose whatever it is, update. Then you just let it go. Nothing happens except three random times during every day you're going to hear that sound, that God moment. You don't have to do anything. Nothing comes up. You don't have to swipe. You don't have to turn off. It's in your pants. And all of a sudden, dong. And I just pause for a moment, and I think about Jesus. Whatever I'm in the midst of, just for a moment. And then I move on. And then randomly a second time, you don't know when it's going to happen. Boom, you're going to hear it. You just pause. I take a breath. I take Jesus in. Then I go back what I'm doing. But I mean to tell you, I've been doing it for almost a year. What I did was set it as an alarm three times, but then you start getting adjusted, and you know like at 10.30, oh, it's going to be a God moment, and then it, it doesn't work so well. But when it's random, you don't know when it's coming, boom, when you least expect it, pull them up top. And watch what happens. It's a beautiful thing. Not only are you thinking about the Lord in your prayer time, but now at least three times every day you're going to be thinking about him if just a moment. But that marinade starts to work in you. And it's beautiful what happens. So it's free. And, you know, I mean, so, so do that. You're going to love it. God moment. I offer that. Okay, so that's prayer. Let me finish. Let me tell you this final thing on prayer, and then we're going to move to gratitude really quick. I want to tell you about an experience of prayer I told you about last night that didn't happen in my little corner. It wasn't in the quiet and the silence of the marinade of prayer, but it was powerful, and it happened at a Walmart bathroom. Okay, now let me tell you this is what happened. I was in Birmingham, Alabama, and I was on a mission. So I was just finishing a run, um, getting some exercise. So I'm all sweaty and nasty, you know. So I was heading to the rectory, and I saw the Walmart right there, and I wanted to get something to drink. So I went in, and I thought, eh, I'll wash my hands. I'm kind of dirty. So I find the bathroom, and I go in. 
Now, I got to tell you, when I use a public bathroom, I like the whole thing to myself. You know, I don't like other people in there. Rarely does it happen, especially at a Walmart, but I walk in and so I do the thing. No legs. Oh, I got the whole place to myself. So it's got like 15 sinks, you know, and a big old plate glass mirror right in front of all of it. So I go to the last thing. I throw in the water to wash my hands when I hear a flushing sound behind me. And a guy, a bald guy, comes out of one of the stalls. And he was probably like 28, 29 years old or something like that. Completely bald comes out of the stall, and I was thinking, now, I know I looked. (laughs) I'm like, what was he doing? And I thought, I just don't even want to know. You know, I don't know. So he comes out, he crosses the back of me to wash his hands, and he does, at the sink right next to me. (laughs) Now, you got 14 sinks to choose from. You know, that's just bathroom etiquette. You leave a sink, you know, you leave a stall, you know. You don't come right next, but anyway, there he was. So he throws on the water, and then just for a moment, you know, you kind of look up in the mirror just to see, you know. And just when he looked up, and so our eyes kind of met in the mirror, and then I do what, you know, guys do. Hey. I'm thinking it's going to be over when the guy says to me, he goes, excuse me, sir, can I ask you a personal question? I'm like, you know, we're in a bathroom, really? This is, you know, and Grant, now I'm all sweaty and nasty. And so I said to him, I go, well, I'd rather you didn't, you know. And I'm like, I got to get out of here. This is too weird for me. And he goes, are you a man of faith? Are you a man of faith? And there was a slight pause, and he says, will you please pray for me? I've lost my way. Now, all sorts of things started happening in that millisecond in my head. You know, and half of it was, oh, wow, yeah, I want to help this guy. But the other half of me was, okay, this is a joke or something, right? You know, this is not right. You know, I'm, you know, sweaty and nasty, and then we're in a bathroom, and you're asking, I'm thinking, are we being filmed? Is this kind of a a joke of some sort? All of it going back, fighting in my head. When I said, um, um, yeah, sure, I'll pray for you. And I meant it, but not there, you know, kind of deal. So I said, yeah, sure, I'll pray for you. And so I went to go to get the towel to leave when he grabs my hands, my wrists, and he says, no, now, please. And he puts his hand on on his head, and then he just bows down in front of me, his hands on my wrists, now, please. And as he bent over, I could see the tears hitting the floor underneath him. And that's when I realized, well, it's 
probably true. You know, it's not a joke. I'm not going to be made fun of. Like that's even important, but somewhere it was. So I started praying for him. You know, I did. And as I'm praying in my head, I'm thinking, I hope no one comes into this bathroom. (laughs) Because I'm looking at us in the mirror, and this... (laughs) And this doesn't look good. You know, this does not look good at all. But I'm trying to stay focused. I'm trying to be turned to what I need to be turned to. When the door opens up in the bathroom door opens up, a guy comes in, and he's like whistling. And he sees us, and he goes, oh, God, and he runs out. And I'm like, no, oh, okay, and then I thought, okay, let's close this prayer down. This is, okay, I pray. And I started to kind of step back, pulling my hands back, like, okay, we're done, but he wouldn't let me go. He kept holding on to my wrist, tears still falling, When he comes back in, the guy, followed by the biggest, blackest security guard I have ever seen in my life. This guy was massive. So this black guy comes in, steps in, didn't have a gun, but had all the, you know, outfit. And the guy goes, there they are. You know, like, what are you, in fourth grade? (laughs) You know, there they are. And I'm like, no, no, officer, it's not. And I'm trying to pull out, and I can, or pull back, and I can. (laughs) And I go, no, no, officer, it's not what you're thinking. And I have no idea what he was thinking. I just thought, it can't be good, you know. And the guy, the ball guy says, please, he's praying for me. I've lost my way. When the black guy says, well, my daddy is a Baptist minister. He says, I'm going to pray for you too. And with that, he steps up and he puts his gigantic hands on top of my hands, on top of the guy. And there we are. And I'm looking in the mirror. (laughs) You know, a bald guy, a black guy, and a priest. (laughs) And we're praying in a Walmart bathroom. Oh, my God. Now, that taught me all sorts of things, and I'm going to share a little bit. But there's a sequel to it that is so incredible um, that I'm going to tell you tomorrow night because it's 7 4. No, I know. But, but I'm going to tell you tomorrow night, but I'm also going to tell you when I won the lottery, too, last night, and that's another great thing. But... The one thing, that prayer experience in there, I thought to myself two things. First, how many times does the Lord put people in front of us, you know, that we miss? Because we're so focused, as I was, and I don't like this about me. I pray that, talk about what I'm turned to, I want to be turned away from, it's that. You know, that I think, oh, well, what happens if I'm going to be made fun of? What happened? Really? You know, this isn't about me. This is an opportunity. And how many times the Lord puts people in front of us that just a smile, just to lift up, but we're so focused on ourselves we don't see it. 
You know, that's the one lesson it taught me. But the other lesson it taught me, too, is how beautiful and how powerful in the most simple of ways we can help one another. You know, so simple, so easy, and yet so powerful. I'm going to get to that tomorrow, but I'm going to tell you. So, folks, thank you so much for coming tonight. So how do I turn myself, how do I keep Jesus the main thing? The first and primary habit is prayer. So commit yourself to it if not already. Make it every day, even if it's one minute. It doesn't matter. One hour, whatever. But every day, make that commitment to the same place. And watch how the marinade of the love and blessing of Jesus will take upon you. It's powerful. So, God bless you. Thank you. I know I'm right at the end. So, come on back tomorrow night, our last evening of mission. We're going to hit the other three habits. Gratitude. And you probably got one of these little stick-it pads. I was supposed to get to that tonight, but I'm going to start there tomorrow night. It's a great little way to help with gratitude. So um, either keep them or put them back, whatever. So gratitude tomorrow. And then we're also going to be talking about uh, service, opening our life and building the kingdom and reconciliation in a way that you're going to love, in a way you're going to love. Trust me. So thank you for coming tonight. Let us stand and pray. The Lord be with you. And may Almighty God in His mercy and in His love bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And let us go in peace and turn our lives to the Lord. Thanks be to God. And thanks be to you. See you tomorrow night. God bless you. They are, yeah.